Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and the podcast over here. My name is Sal Vetri. I hope you're looking forward to the NFL Week 16 as I am. Season's almost over. We have a Saturday slate. I'll cover that. Probably cover that on Wednesday or Thursday. We'll see. But today for Tuesday, we're going to take our first look initially, a little bit of a deeper dive. Early week picks, if you will, for the NFL Week 16. Welcome back, everybody. If you're new, my name is Sal Vetri. I do cover daily fantasy sports and fantasy sports and pretty much all the sports that are out there outside of like NHL and soccer. I don't really cover that much, but NFL, NBA, um, I, I might have said I don't cover NFL. I don't. I can't recall that. Regardless, I cover all the sports in the NFL, NBA, MLB, WNBA, and PGA. A lot more ramping up for this upcoming season in a few weeks now, a month or so for the PGA. So, hi everybody, welcome to my channel and podcast. I'm excited to get into this one. Before we do, I have exclusive content that is linked up uh, below, really, and so down below, and I'll also link it up above here. Patreon daily NBA projections. We'll have some podcasts over there and, and data and spreadsheets for the golf season. We have a ton of stuff going out every single day for the NFL. When I say we, it's really just me. I'm an independent creator here. So if you do like what I do here and you want to get more of that, or you want to support my work, you can check out Patreon as well as my social medias. If you want to follow me over on Twitter at DFS, I'm very active on Twitter as well as over on Instagram. I do release exclusive content releases just on Instagram, free stuff from Patreon that I show out to just my Instagram following and stories and posts. So you check that out as well. And lastly, today, drafters.com. It is an online snake draft format. They also have different rankum style games, a different way. No salary cap for this one, although uh, there are some things in the works that I hear that sound very exciting in other game modes potentially that maybe hopefully will surface soon and we could all be playing those together. But go over to drafters. I have a listener league linked up down below if you want to get in there. It's half full. If it fills up, we'll do a second one. I think I have that scheduled to draft on Saturday before the game start on Saturday. It's going to do the whole weekend. Then we'll do some live drafts on Sunday at the end of our live stream. But drafters.com, if you use the promo code SAL100, S-A-L-100, you get a 100% deposit match up to $50. So if you want to put $20 in there to test it out, even 10 bucks in, you'll get a free $10 if you use my promo code. That does help me. But hey, it also does help you. So thank you. Check out drafters.com. A proud, proud partner and sponsor of the show. Really cool guys over there and excited to see that site continue to grow. We had a couple of listener leagues last week and the week before, hoping to fill some more this week. So check out that down below. Let's get into the channel, or let's get into the video on this channel and podcast now. Uh, actually, um, lastly, if you do want to comment and hit the subscribe button, we're going to run a contest. Let me know who's your favorite 6K wide receiver on this slate. Who's your favorite 6K wide receiver? Actually, you know what? There's a lot of injuries in that range. 5K and 6K. Who's your favorite wide receiver from that whole range, that whole $2,000 range of guys? Let me know. Leave a Twitter handle or leave a Twitter handle or a PayPal or Venmo or some way for me to contact you. And I will be sure, I will be sure to reach out to one person as a winner if you are a subscriber and the notification bell is turned on to win a $10 giveaway for this video. Let me know down in the comments below. Favorite wide receiver in the 5 and 6K range. $10 giveaway potentially awarded to somebody who will be winning. So let's get into it starting with quarterbacks. Uh, my favorite plays of the week early in the week, right? This is not locked in. We'll do the final thought show on Friday. Closing thoughts on Patreon on Sunday. And starting at this week, Look, this 6K range, they're all back-to-back-to-back in pricing. Dak, Ryan, Murray, and Fitzpatrick. They stand out the most to me. You have Philadelphia, who had a sprint of two to three weeks where their secondary getting Jalen Mills back looked better. Now it doesn't look that great. You had Dak and the Cowboys last week. Dak only threw 23 times last week. This guy, over the past two months, has been throwing 40-plus times a game, around 42 and a half times per game. Only throws 23 times, so less than half, or around half of what he's been throwing for the second half of the season, because they got up, they had 28 points at the half, they had two touchdowns in the final, two rushing touchdowns by Zeke in like the final one minute of play for the Cowboys in the first half against the Rams. 
It was just an onslaught. And it's hard not to go back to Dak here. In a game that's pretty much a playoff game for these teams, winner likely takes the division. Dak is throwing over 37 times per game, and that's including him throwing 23 times last time out, mainly throwing for 40-plus through the second half of the season. And he's leading this slate, and really the league, outside of Jameis Winston, who plays on Saturday, with 309.6 yards per game this season. He gets Philadelphia's secondary that has been banged up. And the biggest thing for me is that you have a Dak offensive line with the Cowboys with Dak behind it he's just going to be efficient he's the most efficient quarterback in the league according to DR on this slate he's over 150 yards more than Russell Wilson just showing how efficient he is in his neutral situations and last week he had a top five pass rush in the Los Angeles Rams and and defensive line and it was like they didn't even have a defensive line because of how good this Cowboys offensive line is playing one of the fastest paced games in the slate give me Dak Prescott Matt Ryan 6200 against Jacksonville Ryan's throwing an even crisp cool through 15 games this season, through 15 weeks, 40 pass attempts per game. You got to like that. Uh, or I guess it's through 14 games of the bye week. 40 times per game, 289.9 yards per game. is only behind Dak for the second highest on this slate yards per game. So there's just a ton of production there. Julio was targeted 20 times last week. No more Ridley. But Hooper's been back now for almost a month. Same thing for Devonta Freeman. You get a matchup against Jacksonville where they can actually maybe take advantage on the ground, but all season long, their run blocking scheme because of injuries and just because of the way this team is set up has been terrible. So even if Devonta Freeman sees 14 or 15 carries, a little more than he usually does, you're still likely to see Matt Ryan throwing around 40 times against a secondary that is pretty much A.J. Boye and then nobody else. And I think A.J. Boye, if they want to try and waste him in a double team on Julio, it won't matter all that much. $6,200 Matt Ryan with the pass attempts and the volume that he's using is going to be completely fine for me. Tyler Murray at 6,100. So against Seattle, track to see what happens here with a couple of things. Seattle didn't have Jadavian Clowney. They're 11-3. and Four teams in the NFC rank at 11-3. and Only two of them can get the bye, so they're very much live and going to be playing to win in this game, but they didn't have Jadavian Clowney, and the reason I say that is if guys are injured, they won't just keep them out another week. They need these games. So Jadavian Clowney and Ziggy Ansah, two of their best pass rushers, two of their more premier defensive edge rushers, we're not playing in the last game. Shaq Griffin, according to Pro Football Focus, the fifth best cornerback in the league on coverage grading, he missed last week. So if he is in, Shaq Griffin and these defensive linemen are in, it's obviously worse for Murray. So keep an eye on that. But Murray is averaging the second most rushing yards per game on the slate. He's playing in a game where there's a 51 game total, although most of that's coming from the Seattle side as your Murray and your Arizona team are 10 and a half point underdogs or 10 point underdogs, which is a 20.5 team total. Second fastest paced game on the slate because of mainly Arizona. But the big thing here for me is Seattle ranks bottom three. They were second worst in the league last coming into last week in pass rush. And now you get a mobile quarterback facing a team that doesn't have a pass rush, but potentially, as you saw last week, their top two pass rush players out. Maybe that happens again. Bobby Wagner suffered a really bad injury last week. So Seattle's whole front seven is really banged up right now. And you get a mobile quarterback coming in. He ran for over 50 yards last week on a bad week, more times than not, unless he's playing Pittsburgh, who just has an elite defense, like you saw less than 10 rushing yards against them. On a bad week, he's going to have three or four points points for you on the ground. I like Kyler Murray's upside at 6,100. The 20.1 fantasy points per game that he's been averaging this season seems like a realistic output here, if not more. And my final yes is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Look, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 31 and a half times per game is his average attempts this year, but that number is skewed from the games that he came in at the halfway point for Josh Rosen, right? So if you look at this guy's numbers, he's thrown less than 37 times or 37 or more times in every game over the last five. He's thrown for more than 40 times in all of those, and one of them was 39. So 39 or more in four out of the last five. He's just throwing a ton. He has his receivers back and healthy now for the most part with Albert Wilson and Devontae Parker returning in the last game, developing a much bigger rapport now with uh, Mike Gusecki, uh, the Penn State product tight end. So fastest paced game of the weekend against a bad Cincinnati defense as a one point favorite game should stay close and a 23.75 team implied total. I like to see that as well. I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick. So those are my four primary options as of today, Tuesday. Clearly this is going to change some, but not a ton, but some will change by Friday show. And then by Sunday, of course, due to ownership, injury news, a lot of different things. 
filling it out is $6,900 Drew Brees. He's a maybe for me. They have a 27.75 team implied total, third highest in the slate. He's a three-point favorite against Tennessee. So this is a good Tennessee defense in terms of their defensive line. But in terms of their secondary, really bad. They got Tremaine Brock Jr., who was cut by the Cardinals, a really bad player. And he was a big reason why they're dead last in slot cornerback coverage, uh, because he was a slot cornerback for them. Now he's trying to play on the outside. Not a good look for him. They have Logan Ryan, who's solid in the slot, but that won't matter too much with Michael Thomas on the outside. So Drew Brees at 6,900 is in a really good spot. There's not much as bad to say about it. It's going to be a slower paced game just because of Tennessee and New Orleans also likes to milk the clock a little bit. And really it's the price point at this point. If I can get guys for almost $1,000 less, $500 to $800 less in the low 6K range that we just talked about, I think they have similar or more upside. But Drew Brees at 6,900, I think is fine because of how bad Tennessee's secondary is. And again, the team total is nice. Phillip Rivers at 5,700, played some of him last week. It went absolutely terrible. Seven total turnovers last week for the Chargers is just abysmal. He's 5,700 in a slow pace game. They do have a 26 implied team total, a six and a half point home favorites against this bad Oakland defense. There's good pieces of this game yet again. I like Keenan Allen. I like Mike Williams. I like Eckler. I like a lot of pieces of this, so I might get the sum. Phillip Rivers as a secondary option. Gardner Minshew at 5,500 versus Atlanta's defense. Atlanta's allowing 22.8 fantasy points per game. That is the third highest on the slate on the fourth highest on the slate this week out of the uh, 22 teams. So just a good matchup for Minshew. He averages the third most rushing yards per game on the slate at 25.1. He is a seven-point underdog, so you imagine they'll be throwing the ball here in a game that sees a nice pace, top five pace on the weekend. Not a great team total at 19.25, but at $5,500, he might be getting DJ Shark back as well. Shark was running and cutting uh, on Monday's practice. I do like Gardner Minshew as a secondary option, averaging 17.3 fantasy points per game. Will Greer at 4,300. I have to look more into him. I'll let you know on Friday's final thoughts video, but at least for cash, he stands out as an early interest. He's going to be starting in place of Kyle Allen this week. And you see, Kyle Allen's been throwing over 40 times per game for like the last uh, six weeks on average. And in the first game where Kyle Allen played this season in like week three, he was $4,000. He goes for 25 fantasy points through 29 times. They're going to let Will Greer chuck the ball. They're going to let him throw 30 plus times. They just have to. He has the the cheat code in Christian McCaffrey in his backfield for an easy like eight to 10 completions and probably an easy 80 yards and a touchdown. So maybe gets Greg Olson back this week. If not, Ian Thomas played 96% of the snaps last week and was used very much again in an elite way, just wasn't targeted. I think Will Greer at 4,300, you have to keep in mind, is just a price point. He's a six and a half point underdog. A 20 point team total is not terrible for a guy who just hasn't made a start yet filling in. I think if you get Greer at 4,300, what do you want? 15, 14, 15, 16 fantasy points out of this guy in cash for a guy who's going to probably throw 35 to 40 times. Yeah, I do like that upside. And you also given that he's in a decent matchup, the Colts will give you those short to intermediate passes. They've had some injuries in their secondary. I think it's a nice spot for him. In tournaments, I'm not loving it, but in cash games, as of right now, it is uh, tickling my fancy, if you will. Yikes. Let's move over to running back now. I had a really tight pool last week, as you saw in running back. I think I'm pretty similar this week as well. I'll move this over a little bit. I don't have any notes yet. Those are usually what I do today, tomorrow, and the next day. Um, So running backs right now, tight pool at the yeses, but then there's just a huge range of the mid-range that I think is very attractive and going to have to see what the ownership looks like in some of my projections that come out tomorrow, Wednesday. Again, you can check those out over on Patreon. Uh, But Christian McCaffrey at 10-1 against the Colts. They're going to let him throw some dump-offs. McCaffrey's pretty much a shoo-in for 10 targets per game. And now with Greer in place, you imagine just those 10 targets and those stable production in the passing game is just going to remain six and a half point underdog. I do like his receiving game role here. But the guy went for 37 fantasy points last week and just wasn't needed because everybody in the 7 and 8K range between Zeke, Saquon, um, Carson, who else? Nick Chubb. They all went off. So if they're all going for 25 plus, you just don't need McCaffrey. So that's the issue there. And I think there are guys in this 8 and 6 and 7K range that are in another good spot this week and multiple of them can go for 25 plus. So although McCaffrey is an interest of mine, mainly like a cash interest, 
I'll have around the field in GPPs. I just don't feel the need to get to a ton. Although Saquon Barkley, I do want to get to a ton. Two weeks ago, Washington, they've been terrible against the run. Aaron Jones tears them up on the ground. They lose Ryan Kerrigan. They've lost defensive linemen. And then last week, you see Miles Sanders have a career day. Boston Scott does well against Washington on the ground. Saquon Barkley coming off his best game of the season. I do like Saquon here. Two and a half point underdog, surprisingly enough. A 20 implied team total, slow pace game. All that's terrible. But then you look at Washington, 28.4 fantasy points per game this season is the fourth highest on the slate, and it continues to get worse. Uh, Saquon in this offensive line for the Giants is going to have one of the best run blocking advantages on the slate. Nick Chubb, 6,900. The issue here is he's a 10-point underdog in a slow-paced game, but they were trailing for a lot of the game last week. He still goes for over a buck 25 on the um, on the ground. He had like 150 total yards and a touchdown. He's only 6,900. Baltimore ranks exactly average, 16th best against the run in the league. That is exactly the middle of the pack. Um, so at 6,900, I think he's worth a play if he's only like 2 or 3% owned. Not a priority play, though. I have a yes by him because if he is low-owned, which I expect him to be because people think Baltimore's still good at stopping the run, no, they just get up big on a lot of teams, so teams just can't run against them, but on a per play basis, they're actually not great. They're average against the run. If Chubb goes on their own, I like him. Joe Mixon might end up being the chalk this week. Already, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about him. He's in the fastest pace game on the slate. I already talked on how I like some of Fitzpatrick. I like some of these guys in the passing game for both teams. You'll see in a second. Mixon, it doesn't matter. The guy's just touching the ball 20 plus times per week, no matter the matchup. He exposed a really bad New England Patriots run defense. What, Sal said the Patriots are bad on defense? No, their secondary is elite, one of the best we've seen in a while because of Stephon Gilmore. I saw a stat that said Stephon Gilmore right now has a better passer rating against than when quarterbacks throw out of bounds, when they throw the ball away. That's insane. But anyways, um, yeah, their run defense is not good. It's a bottom third run defense in the league. Teams just don't stay around with the Patriots long enough to actually expose them. The uh, the Bengals were tied and in the third quarter still close enough. And then Joe Mixon just ended up still getting 20 plus carries. I think he had 25 on the ground, three in the air for the receiving game. Nice matchup, of course, against Miami. Uh, 10 point favorites here. A lot to like. Or, or um, right now, they are coming in as one point favorites. One point underdogs. I was looking at Chris Carson's numbers. Um, one point underdogs. It's a lot to like here in a neutral environment. 22.8 team implied total. Joe Mixon at 6,600 is a yes for me. I expect 20 plus total touches. My secondary interest, Chris Carson. Look, we saw it week four. Everybody wanted to play a cheaper Tyler Lockett at that point, DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson stacks. They were big favorites. Now they're huge favorites at home, 10-point favorites against Arizona's bottom rank, dead last, 32nd overall, pass defense. But you get Chris Carson here at 8,500. He's just too expensive to be a priority for me this week. I mean, he's more expensive than Saquon this week comes up a thousand dollars than he was last week he pretty much has to do what he did last week a great matchup to do it is a 10 point favorite 30 and a half point team total i do like him i will have some but at 8500 it's really hard to prioritize that i would prioritize him more than the passing game though as when they're 10 point favorites you'll get what you got last week 26 pass attempts out of russell wilson probably Zeke at 7,900. Zeke, I don't understand why people are so low on Zeke. Zeke has been a top 10 fantasy producer this year across all positions. He stayed healthy. Um, he's been fantastic. The only time that he comes out of games is when they're blowing teams out two times this year against Miami and last week against the Rams. And Tony Pollard ends up having a 100-yard rushing game because of the fourth quarter alone. But Zeke's been so consistent. And even in bad games, he finds his way into the end zone to salvage his day and still get you around 20 fantasy points. He gets the Eagles, who he was able to do that the last time he faced them, salvage his day. $7,900. I don't think it's bad at all. You saw him last week, like second in the team in terms of overall receiving had a couple of big plays in the receiving game a 25 yard catch got in the end zone twice Zeke's just going to lead the league as he has right now in red zone rushing so a ton of upside here even in a tough matchup against Philadelphia I think that Zeke is a secondary interest but at 7,900 $600 less than Carson a lot cheaper than um, the top end Christian McCaffrey I think he's at least in play Alvin Kamara, 75. Leonard Fournette, 72. We're closing out the 7K range. Just secondary interest for me right now. I prefer Fournette probably over Kamara right now. Uh, you go down to the 6K range. This is where it all groups together. Literally. 
Miles Sanders at 6,400. If there's no Howard, Dallas does struggle against versatile backs. He is okay for me. You saw Gurley, I believe, get in the end zone twice last week against them. Kenyon Drake at 63. The price point comes up after the four touchdown performance. Seattle is actually good against the run, but what did I say last week? Bobby Wagner got hurt in that game. They had two uh, front seven guys out in Jadavian Clowney and Ansa. If those guys miss again, it's another decent spot for Kenyon Drake. Just paying all the way up for him at this price point probably isn't a priority of mine. He is taking over the workload there. I'll put him as a no for right now just because of the price point. Marlon Mack against the Colts or a, a Carolina team that has been one of the worst in the league over the past, the worst in the league over the last six to eight weeks in rushing yards, most touchdowns allowed this season. The problem, though, and it's only been two weeks since he returned from injury, last week he was limited. This past week, last night, really, when I'm shooting this on Monday night, they just got blown out, so he only carried the ball 11 times. He is so game flow independent of them having to stay within three to seven points of the game or be leading. That's really hard to want to prioritize him, but as a six and a half point favorite here, starting against Will Greer's Carolina Panthers, I do like Marlon Mack for hopefully touching the ball 20 plus times. Austin Eckler, I do have as a good GPP play. He does correlate with Philip Rivers at 6,100. Le'Veon Bell at 5,800. Brutal spot. Pittsburgh is number two overall against the run. It's going to be a very slow paced game. They only have a 17.75 team implied total. They are three point underdogs. Everything sucks here. Pittsburgh on this slate gives up the least fantasy points in the game on the slate, at least to running backs. Everything sucks, but if the game does indeed stay close within three points, Bell probably touches the ball 18 to 20 times. You're not going to find a lot of guys in this $58,000 below range touching the ball 20 to 30 times or 20 to 22 to 25 times. You will find one right below him, though, so I think Bell's interesting. Melvin Gordon at 5,600 against Oakland. Uh, You get the uh, Chargers here in a six and a half point favorite. This is a prime spot for Gordon to touch the ball 18 to 20 times on the ground, as he has been over the past couple of months here when they stay close in these games. Slow pace spot, so so once again, a secondary interest. Kareem Hunt as a big underdog, 10-point underdogs against the Ravens this weekend. I do think it's an interesting spot for him to catch the ball a little bit more. His price point has come down, so it's something that is appealing to me. Uh, the problem is if he is going to line up in the slot, it's a brutal spot, so a lot of his production has to come out of the backfield, and again, that is very risky when you are getting a lot of Nick Chubb back there. So that is it for the running backs. Really, it's just a couple of top-end guys. I think Saquon's in a great spot. I think Joe Mixon is in a smash spot. The rest are really, really, right now, I have to break down a little bit more and look at into uh, their secondary interests currently for me. Tons of wide receivers that I think are in play. Let me lower this all the way over here. So, tons of wide receivers that I think are in play this week. Some of the priorities for me. Julio Jones at $8,000. Um, I don't care how many targets this guy sees. saw last week 20. He's going to see 10 plus this upcoming week. I don't think he's a priority. I have him as a yes. He's not a priority. But when you look at this slate, you have $9,300 Michael Thomas. I likely won't get to much just because of his price point. I'm sorry. He was $9,900 uh, at like week 11 and 12. He was like $9,300. I had 0% each week. He ended up scoring like 28 and 29 points those weeks and wasn't needed in winning lineups because he was so damn expensive. And guys in the 5, 6, 7, 8K range were putting up similar points as him. You just don't need him at that point. In cash, he's fine. Probably don't get to him elsewhere. But look at the drop off. It goes Julio, seventy six hundred dollar lock it, and then like it just hits the seven six k range, and then the six uh, k range, and then the five k range really quickly. Devontae Parker against the Bengals. I already told you I like Fitzpatrick. He's thrown forty plus times a game. Decent total. Really nice pace spot here. I like Devontae Parker as well. Two more touchdowns last week. Continues to be a threat on seven targets. He's been great. Even returning from injury, didn't miss a beat. Sixty eight hundred dollars is a really nice spot for him. Price only comes up 400. Keenan Allen's been as consistent as it gets. Nine catches for 99 yards on 10 targets last week. He'll have a eight catch day for 80 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it doesn't matter, right? So the last time out against Oakland, he had like an 18 yard rush. He had like eight catches for 60 yards. He ends up the day with like 18 fantasy points. He's $6,300 and he's just been producing like his average as of late around 16 to 20 fantasy points. Has not had that big game since like week three or four. He's on the verge of it. I love this spot for Keenan Allen at 6,300. 
I will have a lot. I've had him at 15% the last two weeks. I'm not shocked if I end up having more. Tyler Boyd at 5,800 against Miami. He would be like a nice runback option. If you didn't want to go to Mixon in those Miami stacks, you maybe you get Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, and then you maybe get Mike Gusecki running back with Tyler Boyd or and or Joe Mixon. I think he's okay at 5,800 here. And then Deontay Johnson at 4,700. I have him as a yes just because of price point. There's not a lot of guys this week below $5,000 that stand out at wide receiver like we usually do. But against the Jets, Deontay Johnson has been getting a consistent seven, eight targets per game from Duck Hodges, who today was named the starter for week 16, which is good for him. He's also on the special teams. He's the kick returner. You saw him have a punt return, I believe, this past uh, two weeks ago. So there's that upside as well. It's not a ton of upside. How often will he do that? Probably once a season. It's probably already used, but there is some upside there. So 4,700, I think he's at least in play as a value wide receiver. And then a laundry list of maybes. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I'm going to make a no. He's $7,600 and they're 10-point favorites. Russell Wilson, if I had to bet money on it, will not throw more than 30 times in this game. If he throws 26 times, you might get what you got last week, a nice game out of Lockett, but he has to do that. He has to be extremely efficient with Lockett. And at $7,600, price comes up $700. I just don't want to test it. DJ Moore right now at $6,900. I'll make him a no as well. I might make him a maybe. We'll see later in the week. I'll leave him as a no right now. He was a maybe. $6,900. The price point is as high as it has been all season long around the 7K range, but now he has a new quarterback. And I think it doesn't matter. I think DJ Moore is just talented enough to get open and continue to get open. I mean, it's not like Kyle Allen was a world beater. Cam Newton was terrible the first three weeks of the season due to injury, and DJ Moore was still getting his, especially most of that with Kyle Allen, just a turnover machine. But that being said, it might take a quarter, it might take a half, it might take the whole game before Will Greer gets settled in and actually trusts his receivers and develops the chemistry. So there's enough uncertainty for me to get away from that. Amari Cooper at 6,700 is a strong yes. Actually, he's a strong maybe. He's close to a yes for me. I like Dak so much. Amari, you're getting a price discount on. Don't look at last week. Dak only threw 23 times, so Amari's two targets, Gallup's three targets. It's just a wash game. They didn't have to throw the whole second half. The whole fourth quarter was just Tony Pollard running when the Cowboys got the ball. So do not look too much into that. I think Amari against the Philadelphia, Philadelphia secondary is in a great spot. Philadelphia is still allowing the most fantasy points per game, 41.9 overall to wide receivers. The issue for Amari is his health. Is he injured? Is he playing hobbled? I think he is, but we'll see if he can get by it. He's looked decent the weeks before that. DJ Shark started the practice last week or, or last night on Monday running routes and cutting. I think he's okay at 67 or 6,300 if he does play. I would prefer Keenan Allen at the same price point. Sutton against Detroit. Look, the quarterback issue is the problem here. Does Drew Locke in a much better matchup where it's not snowing against Kansas City in Kansas City have a better upside against Detroit secondary with no Mike Daniels this week? Now on IR, a good run stopper, but also a guy who can pressure up the middle. Yeah, it's a, it's a good spot now for Denver against Detroit here. At 6,200, it's very boomer busty at this price tag for Sutton. I would just much prefer the Keenan Allens of the world. I would much prefer paying down for Tyler Boyd or staying closer to... Um, um, DJ Sharks, things like that. Uh, Jarvis Landry at $6,000. I want to make him a no. He'll face Marlon Humphreys in the slot, uh, but in, it's been a really tough go for uh, guys against Marlon Humphrey in the slot. It's been a tough go for really anybody against this Baltimore secondary, but you did see last week Crowder have success in that spot. Maybe you see something in the film there. Landry's had success against tough cornerbacks really all season long. So at $6,000, I don't love it. I really don't want to get there. He's a loose maybe at the bottom of the list for me. Christian Kirk will depend on if Shaq Griffin is in or not. Shaq Griffin usually cards some of the shorter receivers. Christian Kirk's been playing on the outside for the last five, six weeks, primarily 80, 80 plus percent of his snaps. So I do think he'll see Shaq Griffin if he's in. I don't love that matchup at all. Not one bit for Christian Kirk if Griffin is in. Darius Slayton has been good. He survived on a touchdown last week, gets Washington. He might be a little bit priced up at 5,500 now. I'll actually go and make Darius Slayton a no now. He's $5,500. It's a steep price point, especially if Eli continues to start. You saw bad Eli last week, three interceptions. Michael Gallup, 5,500. Love it. I'm going to get to Michael Gallup. I'm going to get to, you know, I'm going to make Michael Gallup a yes right now. He's just too cheap. He was 5,700 last week. 
And don't blame it on, oh, this guy sucks. No, Dak threw 23 times. He only threw a five times total to Gallup and Cooper because they were up 28-0 at half. And outside of like the first quarter, he just didn't have to throw. He had a first quarter touchdown to Witten um, and a deep one to Tavon Austin, a 58 or 59 yarder. And he didn't have to throw after that. It was the Zeke show in the second quarter. It was the Zeke show in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, it was just a Tony Pollard show. That's it. So I do like Gallup this week. Crowder in the slot against Pittsburgh, probably see Steven Nelson. It's an okay spot. Crowder at 5,400 is a nice price point. You're going to continue to see him see the primary targets, especially if they get any pressure on Darnold, which I'm assuming they will. They're not dumping it off to the bell this year. I don't know why, but you're probably going to see a lot to Crowder. James Washington is okay. Secondary interest. I do prefer his teammate Deontay Johnson more with Duck Hodges starting. Marquise Brown. I really don't want to play much Baltimore Ravens, 10 point favorites here. You have Price up Lamar Jackson's not of as much of interest to me this week at 8K. Loose interest, but not a ton. Marquise Brown would be a guy that I might get to a little bit at 5,200 just because of a good outside secondary matchup. But it might be a spot where Lamar throws 17 times and he gets two targets to Brown, right? And that's what you've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Not a lot of passing volume at all, especially going to Brown. D.D. Westbrook is in a fine spot in the slot. I think it's okay against Sherfield, Sheffield, or, or KZ, whoever ends up playing in the slot. The price points come up now, 5,100. If Shark is back, I probably don't get there as much. He burned a lot of people last week, so I'll go and I'll just play him the week after. Not a lot has changed for D.D. It's an even better matchup, but nobody's going to want to own him because they owned him last week and he sucked for them, and I will not take that recency bias too heavily. Mike Williams is a great option at $5,000 against Oakland. We saw it last week. He was a deep threat option, and then just the whole offense fell apart because of turnovers in the second half. Again, seven total turnovers last week. I think he's fine to get to in stacks of the Chargers. I prioritize Keenan Allen, but getting to Mike Williams is fine. Russell Gage and John Ross roll out just some 4K wide receiver potential options for me. Nothing of priority. Finally, we're going to get to tight ends now. So, before we keep going, I just want to let you know, once again, enter into the contest. We were just on the wide receivers page. Who between the 5 and 6K range, all the way up to the top of the 6K tier, is your favorite wide receiver for this week early on, depending on when you're watching this? Let me know a Twitter handle or a PayPal Venmo, a way for me to contact you, and I'll reach out to somebody from this video on Friday, $10 giveaway. We'll make it on Sunday. Why not? Had the whole week. Uh, $10 giveaway for somebody who reaches out. You have to be a subscriber and the notification bell has to be hit. If you're listening on the audio version, just leave a five-star rate and review with that same answer to the question and you'll get three entries for leaving an audio review. Watching on YouTube, you could also leave an audio review linked up down below. All right, excuse me. I need to take a sip of coffee here real quickly. That's good stuff. All right, let's finish up this with the tight end page now. So I think it's a really nice week to just pay up or pay down. And I, I, I lean to pay down, but we might have a lot of money left over since there's such a huge tier drop off at the wide receiver position in salary and a lot of mid to low range options at running back this week in the five and six K range. Zach Ertz last week had a fine week, 10 targets. You would expect more, only five receptions. When I watched it a little bit, looking back at the tape, I want to watch more, but he was double teamed a lot. Makes sense that he only caught 50%, 50% catch rate against a really bad Washington secondary. Getting double teamed a lot. Look, there's nobody out there. They're not scared of Greg Ward. They're not scared of uh, Arcego, Arcego Whiteside, who has two catches, I believe, or just two targets in the last two games as the main outside wide receiver. Terrible. So yeah, Zach Ertz is going to get double teamed. That's an issue. He got double teamed last time against Dallas. I am concerned at 6,400. It does take away a lot of his upside. So he's in play for me right now. But if I look, keep looking into it a little bit more and see a lot more double teams in that Dallas game, I might get away from it. Uh, Darren Waller at 6,100 would be my primary payup option. Just in a great spot. I would expect somewhere around eight to 10 targets, no matter what here. They are going to come into this game 
um, in a spot that they'll have to be passing against the Chargers middle of the field that has been banged up due to their uh, interior defense injuries and their linebacker injuries this season. Evan Ingram, last two weeks he's been practicing in full and then he ends up not playing. I don't know what to make of it. We'll see. It's a tricky situation to deal with this injury for him. He's 4,800. He might be my favorite tight end of the week against Washington if he suits up, but I have no idea at this point. Even if he practices all week, I will have no idea until Friday practice reports come out. That's when they ruled him out the last two weeks. Actually, they ruled him out last week on Friday and then Monday Night Football, I think he was a, a game time decision and ruled out. But he was supposed to play two weeks ago, so I don't know. Hunter Henry at 4,700, I have as a yes. I think he's still fine. The price point has dropped now. 26 implied team total. It's a good spot. And then secondary interest, I'll point out some that, you know what, I'm going to make somebody else a yes for this guy right here. I'll, uh, so I'll cover the secondary interest. Jack Doyle, secondary interest for me. Nice team total, fast pace. Same things can be said for Austin Hooper. If you're playing Atlanta, I like the stack of my prior primary stack there would be Matt Ryan, Julio, and Austin Hooper. Probably doesn't surprise anybody. Running back with DJ Shark if he's healthy. If not, Leonard Fournette is still uh, fine at 7,200 in those stacks. Jacob Hollister against Seattle. Look, the last two weeks, DraftKings, three weeks now, has priced up tight ends against Arizona because they're so bad. They're giving up still 20.2 fantasy points per game. is like six more than anybody else in the slate. What happened? Two weeks ago, Vance McDonald gets injured. Last week, they priced up David Njoku. He's a, health, a healthy scratch. So we don't know actually what the turnout is here. We do know that RHJ uh, caught two touchdown passes last week. Uh, the Browns backup, third string, primary, whatever you want to say. They have so many tight ends out there that they use. Um, Carlson, they use. They use Harris. So many guys that they use that uh, he ends up getting in the end zone twice. So the flow chart continues for all the fantasy football community right now. Hollister, though, at 4,200, not so much interested. He will be heavily used, especially around the red zone. So I'm not shocked to see that number continue to go with his team having that or continue to see this number against Arizona for points allowed to tight ends continue to go up. That team has the highest implied team total. He's just a secondary interest for me. Same thing for Goddard. Track Greg Olson's status. He cleared the concussion protocol. He should be back, which kind of ruins Ian Thomas at 3,100. But Olson at 3,900 against a Colts team that leaks points to the middle, short, short middle of the field where tight ends usually live. I think that's fine. Johnu Smith is okay at 38. And a guy I really like this week is Mike Gusecki. His price point for some reason goes down. He saw eight more targets last week. He's being used out wide in the slot all over the field. And Fitzpatrick likes the guy, throwing to him often over the last month, month and a half of the season. He's had career year numbers, especially this past month and a half. So Gusecki at 3,600 and a good matchup. I really do like the, the idea of stacking Ryan Fitzpatrick, Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, running it back with a Mixon and or Boyd, that type of a stack. I think there is upside against two really bad defenses here with a team in Miami that loves to throw it. Again, Fitzpatrick over the last five games has thrown at least 37 times in all of them and four of those five at least 30 times, 39 times in all of them, excuse me. So nice spot for Gusecki. That is where I'm at right now, early in the week for week 16. Make sure to enter that contest. Favorite wide receiver below. Leave it in the comments between the six and the upper or the five and the six K range. The entire six K range is in play there. Um, Let me know that down below. You'll be entered into a $10 giveaway for this channel. I'll get back to you guys on Sunday with that one. I'll reach out to somebody in the comments. You have to be a subscriber and have to have the notification bell turned on. Check out my Patreon exclusive content linked up down below. Appreciate that. Keeps the lights on here. And lastly, Get into the Drafters Listener League. If that thing fills up, let me know in the comments and I'll add another Listener League down there. We're going to be drafting on Saturday. Maybe we'll make one for just Sunday as well. We probably will. But get over there. Promo code SAL100. S-A-L-1-0-0. Get you a 100% deposit match up to $50. You put $20 in, you get $20 back for free, all the way up to $50 if you so wish. That is promo code SAL100. S-A-L-1-0-0 to let them know that you came from me. So thank you so much. Appreciate you tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.